Welcome to Wing Chun Talk. Wing Chun Talk podcast is dedicated to talking all things Wing Chun. Your host, Sean Benson, has the pleasure of sitting down with other Wing Chun practitioners from around the world. If you are interested in Wing Chun or want to connect with other Wing Chun practitioners, then this podcast is for you. Sit back and enjoy Wing Chun Talk. All right, welcome Wing Chun Talk. Thank you for being here. Today I have uh, my special guest, Ken Summers. So Ken's been training for years and we've been training Wing Chun for several years. So we'll kind of get into that. Um, So big warm welcome to Ken. Thank you for uh, joining me today, Ken. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Sean. How uh, how uh, how how things going here with the uh, the COVID? Uh, I don't typically ask about it, but I mean, we're kind of, I think uh, we're kind of coming through it now, right? Um, that's that's kind of I'm. Uh, I think you you, you got to have a half full glass all the time with this stuff, uh, and and hope for the best. But uh, probably like everybody else, I've I've been practicing at home as much as I can, and and so forth, and, and just try to keep things going. I was taking private lessons until they shut us down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. So um, I know you've done numerous different martial arts and you've kind of, um, I don't know too much, so I'll, I'll kind of just jump in and ask you some questions to kind of get started, but sure. Tell me your, tell me your story again. Um, well, I started boxing when I was about 12 years old and I boxed until I was about oh, early twenties. And I had to shut that down. I got some pretty good concussions at one point. So I kind of, I had a, a South African doctor. You gotta love South African doctors. You're point A, point B, right? And uh, he said, um, "What are you planning on doing with this?" And I says, "Well, just thought I might boost it up." He says, "No, you're you're just you're not that good. You're getting hit. You're not that good." <laughs> he said, "So he was pretty direct." He was pretty direct. He says, "No, you you don't want to be doing too much of that." He says, "You get kids and stuff, and you want to be able to play soccer with them, and without having having to." eat your meals through a straw. So he said, not, boxing is not for you. Mm. You're not good. <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, I did some Shurikan karate for a bit. Uh, the guys that we studied with in Manning, Alberta, there was a guy named Grizzly Mukau. He's an American he's teaching school up there. And it was a participation. We didn't have to pay for our lessons. He got mm. to use the gym for free, and he gave his lessons for free. I studied with him for about four years. He didn't do any belt systems. He didn't have any. But he did a he did a sort of a mixed martial art thing because he incorporated things that he knew. Uh, he'd done some Aikido and he'd done you know, some grappling and a lot of boxing. He's from Boston. He's big on the boxing thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we incorporated a lot, lots of kicks. In those days, I could actually kick higher than a three-year-old. So, um, yeah. So all right. Um, <laughs> so and then I got back into the Wing Chun. I got into Wing Chun later on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so did I've kind of talked to a few different guests and did Wing Chun find you or did you did you know about Wing Chun? How did you how did you come across it? Um, interesting story with it because I didn't I wasn't looking for it. Uh, my wife was a was a is competitive bodybuilder and she was um competing in Edmonton and I was in the in the parkade downtown and I was coming up and it'd been like oh it's 50 years old at the time 
And there was a group of guys there, and I thought, you know, if these guys wanted to steal my wallet, they could do it. There's not a damn thing I can do about it. I don't like that feeling. So I started talking to a bunch of guys, and I started hearing the stuff Krav Maga. And I thought, well, that looks, then I Googled it. Man, that, that's a deadly art. And I talked to a friend of mine who's been training since he's four years old, but I didn't understand what he was doing. He asked me if I knew what Wing Chun was, and I asked him if it's an 80s rock band. And he kind of like, you know, oh, no. but anyways, he got me in touch with his dad and his dad had taught 35 years in the Redger area. He studied under a guy from Calgary named Anthony Eng. And mm. Anthony has, his Sigong was one of the disciples from Ip Man as well. I don't remember just which one, but he studied with him and I talked to his, his father and he became my first Sifu. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was going there twice a week for two years and then I had a heart attack and I had to, I backed off from it a bit and then I life came into play and I started another business after my heart attack I had two businesses and then I opened up a third business so I was the Wing Chun was getting kind of away from everything so mm -hmm. when I slowed down I moved up to Edmonton then I found our school mm -hmm. I was looking at a series of them there was a bunch of schools I was going to go check out and I went to this one ours and I sat through the one class and I didn't go any further. I knew exactly where I wanted to be. I knew exactly. I went to McKernan. That's exactly where I knew this was, this was the school. This was the one. Nice. Yeah. So it, 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 I looked for it and it found me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's similar to kind of how, how I stumbled upon our club as well. Right. Like, I mean, some friends told me to check out a couple different clubs and I only checked out ours and have stuck. So. Which, yeah um is awesome so um i know you just had surgery on mm. your shoulder so yeah. how long have you been injured or have you been training like on and off injured tell me a well little bit. the injury actually happened november november 8th of 2000 over 2019 mm. and i was training all the way through it and then i just couldn't do it anymore i missed a bunch of time I wasn't going to classes, but I started doing private lessons with Sifu at his house, right? Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, no, no disrespect to anybody, but some of those guys got they got heavy hands. You know, they got a, they put a lot of pressure, and I I couldn't do it. I just I couldn't do it. Any any other time, like someone pushes, I just push back, but I just sure. couldn't do it. And and Sifu's he's just he's traditional Wing Chun, you know, not a lot of pressure and stuff. And that, and and I was able to to do the skills and 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 that, and maintain my belt level and stuff. Right? So, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I got the chance to do the the Wing Chun dummy more often and and that as well. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so basically, like with the injury, it's just too it would strain or put too much pressure on you if you're coming to class. I only had a couple of tendons left holding the shoulder together at that point. Oh. Um, the rotator cuff, like I've got, I had the supraspinatus and the subscapularis were torn right off. So I had, there's only a couple left holding that thing together. And my bicep, my outer bicep tendon um, had jumped out of the track. So it was sublexed across the, this way. So when they fixed it, they drilled about six holes in my humerus bone. They put like wall anchors in and they sew those tendons back to the bone. But oh. with the bicep tendon, they cut it. And they relocated it, so now it's anchored in just below the, the, the humerus bone, but closer into the front. 
it, I should get 100% mobility back out of it. It's just, it's a strange thing when you think about it. But lots of people, it's called a tenodesis, and a lot of people get this, yeah. and yeah. They're, uh, they're good. My brother just went through this exact same surgery, and he's doing great. No kidding, eh? Huh, so um, they say recovery should be 100%, and what's the time? Do they give you a timeline oh, on something like gosh. that? Oh, it, gosh. It seems to vary. Uh, some people say four to six months some people say you know maybe eight months um i tend to heal a lot faster than some than some because i don't i don't know i'd like to say don't baby it but this is probably one of those things where i actually should take it easy and i'm such an impatient guy that i'll be starting to do things i'm probably not supposed to do yeah Uh, but i've had the same surgery on my other shoulder about four years ago so this is i kind of know what i'm getting into I feels pretty good right now, and I'm going into my. It'll, it'll be the third week on the twenty, on the thirty first. It'll be, it'll be the three weeks, and I have an appointment in Calgary as a baga. But it feels good. I just I can't lift my arm up. Yeah, I get to a certain point, and that's it. That's as far as you're gonna go. But I haven't started physio yet. When uh, when's that gonna kick in do they, do they have it do, do they have you on a, a kind of a, a timeline ken for like certain things that uh, uh physio or whatever it is and then maybe yeah when... yeah they do and i think once i see him on on uh on the second i'll get more conclusive i've been doing my i was started physio before the surgery and i was doing it just like this right here online right oh, okay, but yeah. uh, i really want to get into the into the into their space and actually have them working with me because that's where I'll make my better gains because then I can come home and I can do it. But um, working through an injury like this, uh, your biggest thing is a shoulder is a very, very complicated joint. It's one of the more complicated ones. And if you mess this up, now I got to go back and get it fixed up again. And doctor's not usually too happy to see you the second time, right? Because you mess up his work. Um, so it's just a matter of doing what you're supposed to. And I am so. I'm, I'm such a, a rebellious type of a person. I usually, I, I, I just, I got to nip that back a bit, right? So you just, you basically just want to kind of push it and, and, and expedite it and speed yeah. up the healing process. And even though I mean, our body has a natural healing cycle, yeah. right? Well, I know about a, about two years ago, I had, um, I had a muscle spasm in one of my calves. And it was such an intense cramp in the middle of the night. And I got up and tried to stretch it out and it tore the muscle tissue, right? And so I laid off for about a week or so, and then I went to Kung Fu class, and we were doing our, our forms, and it tore again. And it just, then I was on crutches for two months. So it is, yeah, when you got that type of an injury, you got to, you just got to do what you got to do to stay away from hurting it again. Mm. And I'm an impatient guy, like I said. Okay. <laughs> I got to stop being that way with some things. But so, as, as you, Go ahead. No, I I didn't mean to interrupt, but uh, I was just gonna say. So how does how does that affect you, like training then? Say like I mean, because I I don't think the first sh- shoulder happened when we were training together, or or did no, it? no, it it happened in November, and I slipped on the ice, and that that set it off, right? So um, it had actually was coming along quite nicely, so that I could do some of the motions, even with it was torn. What what happens when I started physio? Before the surgery, it aggravated everything, and then then it started right. So right now it's everything's put back together, and everything's trying to heal back. Muscles and tendons are stiff, and muscles have been sitting since November. So they're just like, hey, 
we're coming out of retirement or what, you know, so they don't want to, they don't want to do nothing. Right. So I just got to, I got to wait and make sure that I, I take the time and just do it right. It's just, mm-hmm. otherwise, like I want to be 62 of an expert, you man, like, and you know, it just, I, I don't, I can't do this stuff forever. So I, I got to get healed. Right. Yeah. Be patient, let your body heal and then train. How do you, how do you cope then say like it, when you're on crutches, when you're on crutches that one time when you hurt your leg. Well, that you... was that was that was bad because uh, everything is the simplest things become a, a a big chore, like getting up and down stairs, you know. Or what do you mean the elevator's not working? Damn, you know, there. Well, guess what? You know, now you're going upstairs. Uh, even just little things like uh, getting dressed. That's the hardest thing is getting dressed when you're when you're messed up and stuff right i was smart because i'm i'm this time around i figured you know because i'm right-handed right it's my right shoulder i installed a bidet hey (laughs) (laughs) my brother and i talked about this and i said hey you know he says i asked him how did you do it he says well it was difficult and i says well don't your kids kind of like owe you a butt wiping i mean yeah and he says but they know volunteers right so he says Brother, buy yourself a bidet. Save, save the anguish. Save the anguish. You're right, and yeah, good, good thinking. You know, that was total planning ahead. Nice work. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah. So, okay, back to <laughs> back to training. How how is it like when you when you have been injured? Obviously, you didn't push the shoulder. You went to see see if we did some privates. Um, but otherwise you've hurt yourself before previously do you just yeah. you just kind of step back and again let your body heal even though you're impatient or you you try to train at home like what's what's your what's your method once um once the covid kicked in it kind of took care of all of it for me yeah because now all of a sudden i couldn't train at all with sifu even and i understood i was but i was training at home anyways and then since the surgery i still train I just yeah. keep my arm in the sling and I work one side. I, I work my legs as normal. I do my forms, but instead of actually moving the arm, when I move my my right arm where it should be, I just I just imagine in it. I I, I I imagine the thing in my mind. Mm. That's that's like hey, it's like when you're if you don't have a, a wooden dummy, you imagine it in front of you. Close your eyes, imagine it. So I do a lot of training that way. I just mm-hmm. imagine the move. And, and one of the things that I'm starting to realize, I, I remember when we watched Lance's, um, Lance had, a, had done his, his interview with you, and he mentioned something about making mind electrical connections, right. cognitive electrical connections. And I'm starting to realize that, what, how that works now. It made more sense now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he explained it great. It was a great explanation. And why repetition and stuff well this is a kind of like a virtual reality for me when i try to work that one arm it's got to be like a virtual reality i have to i have to imagine it yeah now what's going to happen when the when when i can actually move it i don't know but the connections are there the brain connections are there right yeah so let's see what happens as long as i can get the movement let's see if it works yeah that'll be interesting to see kind of how if that connection is made quicker, like, I mean, when you, when you do have the mobility back in that, in that arm, cause are you saying you have zero mo- mobility or is it pretty low? Um, I, I'm not supposed to move my elbow away from my body. 
okay. I can do anything. I can type. I can write as long as I don't move my elbow. I'm not even supposed to bend the elbow by itself. Well, that's tricky than doing Wing Chun because I mean we're we're that's well, elbow well, in. Or elbow. Now, yeah, once once the tendon is healed in there, it's fine. Like I'm, I do have to exercise it, and I started the very day after surgery. But I have to physically take my arm and lift my 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 my, my wrist up and down. I can't work it by itself just to get the mobility back. And it honestly, it doesn't hurt. There's right. no pain in that at all. That's the only good. pain is in the shoulder. Mm. That's the only pain where it's at. It's right where the right where the implants are and those bone those bone anchors, right? Mm. Um, I move the shoulder too much. Okay, but the bicep doesn't hurt. Mm. It's strange. It's weird, but it's not hurting at all. And that's the part that's dangerous. <laughs> that's where it will get dangerous because then I'll go do something I'm not supposed to. It feels, the, because it doesn't feel like it hurts. It doesn't hurt. Uh, yeah. There's no pain in it right now. So when I got, I got mobility. I can bend it just like the other arms. I'm not supposed to. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying not to, right? But it was quite, it was a night. It was actually, uh, the surgery was only a couple hours and I did the orthoscopic. So the incisions are only like, one or two stitches to close. Really tiny incisions. Really? Yeah. And was, so was that it? That so that you were in and out. Was it day surgery for you or were you in over? No, it was a day surgery. Um went up the night before I was out in two hours, maybe wow. an hour and a half. Yeah, hour and a half I think is, is the surgery time. I was out and within an hour and a half I was I went back to the hotel, stayed overnight in a hotel again because I didn't want to drive back to Edmonton from Calgary like that. My wife drove me, right? So nice. I just, I don't do anesthesia well. When I come out, I'm usually pretty sick and stuff. So I just, yeah, I know. I, yeah. I don't I, do that. Like, yeah. Wow. So, okay. So that was kind of back in November. So when you got injured, you toned off classes and then started doing some private lessons. Yeah, I did private lessons. I worked at home as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, the initial injury took about oh six weeks before it was really not hurting too bad but then again the pain went away there was not really a lot of pain anymore and I could still do a lot of things lift things overhead and stuff within reason and it wasn't hurting it didn't really start hurting until I started physio again because it started pushing me a little harder than I was giving it I was kind of babying it so uh yeah it, it uh moving it around and stuff wasn't an issue after a bit, the pain did go away. I could sleep at night and everything. And this is pre-surgery or is this? This is pre-surgery. Before really? the surgery, it didn't hurt all that much until I started physiotherapy. And it, mm. started, it started coming and getting sore again, right? Well, I bet I bet you were doing stuff because you knew what was painful. So you probably just pulled back on some of those movements. and, and, I, and had, I, was, I was pretty upfront with my therapist. And I told him, look, at I, I do this and it really hurts. And he said, okay, well, let's take that one off and do this one instead. And I was doing like push-ups with a rubber ball against the wall and stuff, yeah. just stuff like easy, just simple stuff, not really. And like one and two pound dumbbells and stuff, that, that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, you would think, well, okay. But it, he said it, it would help to tone the muscles that were there so that mm -hmm. when surgery came along, that it would, it would support the rest of the, the newly reattached muscle tissue and tendons, right? Yeah. Wow. So tell me a little bit of the differences, say, between um, going to class and, and doing some private private one-on-ones. Well, with private, you do 
I think it escalates and it takes it to another level because it's one-on-one -on -one and you're getting your, you're getting a hundred percent of Sifu's focus on you mm. and he's, he's getting you to do it right. He's watching you, he's coaching you and it's good because, you know, he, he pushes you pretty good too, which is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like the first, I did as much or almost as much running around as we do anyway. I mean, it's, you know, he, he gets me sweating and huffing, huffing and puffing. Um, yeah, but it's yeah. good stuff, eh? And but then, yeah, I, um, we focus one on one, and it, it's the private is actually an, almost a gnaw. It's not like us at the at the. There's no real breaks, really. It's a couple breaks, but it's not break break, right? It's I mean, really we're, we're gonna wipe your brow and oh. maybe have a sip and, of water, and let's yeah, keep going. and and uh, let's get back at her. And 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 I understand, you know. I mean, uh, he's 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 cramming everything into that one hour, and that's good. And uh, you learn so much from it. Mm -hmm. um classes are good i like classes um because you get to train with other people as well and at mm -hmm. different levels so it's it's good one of the things i i really miss from our classes is all those young people are not there anymore because we had a lot of those guys that had been taking wing chun with sifu since they're five or six years old and now they're all graduated and gone gone away and i used to learn a lot from them because they've been doing it so long. And uh, sometimes when they explain things, their explanations make pretty good sense because it's it's not as complicated as an older person would, how they would explain it. They, they're just a little bit easier to understand someplace. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I mean, with time and life and how, you know, you, you'll see students come for a certain amount of time whether mm. they're students and going to university so they have the four years and then they'll they'll go off and life kind of happens you yeah. really have to budget or book that time in if it's if it's important to you to do it absolutely yeah absolutely what's what's your reasoning again for for wing chun i know you kind of said those guys could uh, steal your wallet but <sighs> what keeps you coming back what keeps you um, when I'm not injured, yeah. Um, what, what keeps me coming back is um is is I I like I like the the art itself, yeah. And there's there's a precision to it. It's almost like a Japanese tea ceremony. There's mm. precision. There's a there's there's a technique. There's a there's a structure to it. Um, and I'm I know that, like I know this could go into uh, so many different avenues. Um, I I do understand. Um people training with Wing Chun and taking it off target a bit. I, I understand their reasoning for it. And I also understand people who want to keep it traditional because mm. um, like, for example, yourself and, and some of the guys, some of our black belts that you guys are with, those guys are, they're, they're, they're really strict with how they do things. Mm. They do things um, according to, to the, to the book, right? Mm -hmm. They, they do the, they, they're precise. And that's the part that 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 I like is the precision part. Um, if I was doing this out in the street for real, I think it, the precision part wouldn't take me very far. I think a lot of the other things I've done background would come into play. And um, I think I've mentioned this a few times. One of the toughest guys I ever knew in my life was a street fighter. Never had any training whatsoever. And you watch him, mean, it's where he's... He watched a lot of Bruce Lee movies. The guy was absolutely amazing to watch. Never had any training, but he was 
he just fought a lot. Really? And he was good at it. And I think when, well, I think when his stuff comes down for real, um, one of the one of the reasons why I, I I looked at Wing Chun was because of how fast it can be. It can end as long as you're you know that the person in front of you isn't Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah. But you don't know. You don't know who anybody is. So you just got to kind of hope for the best. You're hoping that you're going to be faster, more accurate. And even when uh, this last interview you had with the gentleman from from England, yes, UK. I loved his comment because they train for real situations, which I think is good. So we learn certain moves and it's good to know the move, but it's also, I think a good idea is to train to end your fight, to end it. So once you do the move, I think it doesn't hurt to throw in some end game moves, throats, eyes, like if you can't see, can't, can't breathe, can't walk, you go home, he doesn't, right? So I think those type of shots are good to practice because if you ever just do a, a certain move in real life and then you're waiting for a result, it might not might not happen. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, I have a friend of mine that was in a tough man competition in Rocky Mountain House. His kid had actually got into it, and uh, there was there was one guy there was just uh, he was a, a phenomenal fighter as mixed martial arts type of a thing, and uh, he got into he got. Uh, in the ring with Sean and uh, Sean Hopcraft and Sean kicked the guy in the head and it rocked him and this guy was a knockout artist right and Sean stopped and watched to see if he was falling and then the guy hit him with an overhead hand and broke his nose so when I when I hear a lot of people training and a lot of the sifus I hear and a lot of the people I hear the comments where they're 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 they've got real life stuff happening and I, and I agree with that to a point i think it's a good idea um like i would never say this is how everybody should train but i think if that's if that's your reasoning for studying the art i think you should you shouldn't take a look at that side of it mm. um, i always think that if you give somebody an opportunity to hurt you again he'll do it if you stop him in his tracks then i've, I've had to fight situations where i've had more than one guy attack at the same time and one of the things I learned really, really early in life is that um, you got to move and you can't stop moving until you're the last one standing. And if you stop, the other guy gets you. So you have to you have to be very efficient and you got to throw unconventionally. You got to do whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but street fighting is, is is deadly. People die in street fights. That's so it's serious. It's not like in the ring sparring it's, or fighting. It's different. You don't have a referee. You don't have a canvas mat. You've got a cement um, sidewalk or a curb. You're going to hit your head off if you get Yeah, knocked. I mean, you see some of these YouTube videos where it's just like fights that don't end well or something, and they're throwing these huge things, and they'll knock a guy out, and then these guys are don't care about them. They'll come up and kick him a few times. Like, that is, that's brutal, right? It's like so I mean, Scary. It's a scary world out there. It really is. Um, I learned very young um, when I was... When I was maybe seven years old, I lived back in New Brunswick, and where we lived was an old army barracks um, that had been converted into apartments, and it was blocked and blocked. Things. And there was a lot of dysfunctional people there. And when I was seven, a friend of mine from school were outside, and his father was working on a car with his best friend. 
and they've been drinking and they were getting kind of argumentative and something happened between the two of them. And all of a sudden these two adults are swinging it out. And my friend's dad grabbed a hammer and killed his friend with a hammer in front of us. So mm -hmm. I learned very, very young that just what, what happens when people are in an uncontrolled situation. And I saw it firsthand as a seven-year-old kid. And I went in the house screaming and crying. And my mom says, what's wrong? And I, did, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell her because I didn't know how to put the words when I saw her. Wow. Um, but it was, so I've never been a real street fighter type guy. I've not been one of those tough guys that go looking for troubles because I just, uh, it just doesn't end well some days, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I know. And there's, there's different reasons for people to learn whatever it is they want to learn. Wing Chun. I mean, I'm, yeah. And that's why, I mean, certain people gravitate to certain clubs, mm. right? So, I mean, if, if, if they want to know sport fighting, but they, they maybe have the background in Wing Chun, maybe they'll find a school that has that. I know. Yeah. A couple of different guys, like you mentioned Sifu Lewis. From the UK, yeah, mm -hmm. we were chatting. And he 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 says they train for sort of application of of fights and and they mm -hmm. spar a little bit. And same with uh, Levolver a few episodes ago, mentioned the same thing. Mm -hmm. I would say you could agree or disagree, Ken. But I mean, our club is more. Would you say it's more geared towards the art of Wing Chun, or then, like, how how would you explain it? We learn the art, but a lot of the things that Sifu teaches us, he'll he'll tell you flat out, three hundred pound man, I'll take him down just like that. He's yeah, dead. And he's telling you, and he's so when not. he demonstrates that. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, he pushes me around often. Yeah, I, I I I usually yeah I usually ask him if I could see it again when he's got you squealing there. But yeah, it. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he teaches us. He does teach us the 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 reality of it. He really does. But the art is definitely there as well. Uh, every time, every once in a while, though, I mean, he says, uh, just do what you want. And, and we're, you know, we're, we, so we do what we want. And we don't hurt each other, obviously. But uh, from time to time, we do get a chance to, I guess, what uh, aspiring is, as, as we would call it, that's kind of our sparring for us, I guess. Like a problem um, solving. Problem solving, yeah. And it's more just a free for all kind of thing. Throw whatever you want, kind of thing, and just do what you can with it and stuff. And I, I think at that point, that's when people can start to, um, like when you we work with a guy like Jeff. I mean, Jeff's a very creative guy. You know, when you spar with Jeff, he gets very creative. You always got to be on your toes with because <laughs> yep. he's he's very very fast. For he's sure. very quick, and uh, he's he's uh, he keeps you he keeps you thinking. And so when you when you spar with Jeff like that, you you have to be ready for that because he's going to do it. You know? And that's great training, right? Like, and that's the 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 benefit of training with different people in in, yeah. in the club, right? I mean, you'll get your Jeff, who's that creative, spontaneous, like always be careful. And then you'll have other guys that are just um, a little mm -hmm. more conservative. So yeah, yeah, that's that's the really nice thing of training different uh, with different for sure. People. I didn't actually, that's a good point you made though earlier about um, how Sifu demonstrates the, the reality of certain moves. Like it can be, it can be like, like a final type move, which I, I, yeah. I don't know if I forget that. It just seems like because we don't spar and then we see a lot of people talking in, in like the Wing Chun talk group mm -hmm. just about sparring versus not sparring. It's kind of comes yeah. up often. And uh, Well, I don't. 
we don't know a whole, I don't, I don't think we know a lot about Sifu's history per se as it is. I don't think there's anybody really that knows him that well. Um, but I think his background, his training, I mean, it's right straight from Hong Kong and, and, um, mm -hmm. they train real, they train for real a lot of places there. I mean, they don't mess around. Um, and, and same as, as, um, as, uh, Sue, Sifu, Sue, I mean, she she just looks like this tiny you know little lady and stuff like that. But honestly, I would love to see someone try to steal her bingo money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she'd have them big. She'd have those guys crying in no time flat. <laughs> yeah, be a mess. That's right for them it for sure. Be a mess. You make a mess of those people. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, uh, awesome. But, uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. I I, I can't remember if Lance uh, had mentioned. The profession because i think i think he was i don't want to say military but like something along that line but i, I don't want to misspeak so i, I i'm not 100 percent sure about his background so yeah i'll just kind of leave <clears> that. but you, you're I right think i read some place where maybe sifu may have been in the military police uh, some form of police officer yeah okay I think. yeah I think that's but yeah no the training is is real life applicable like you do you can elbow somebody in a, in a sternum, and that would be a that would be a a terrible spot. Absolutely, in, right? Yeah. So. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, what do you uh, you got any tips for people on? Um, I kind of your specialty, which is terrible to say, but like you know injuries. Like if 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 somebody has an injury, um, what's what's your recommendation to, uh, to kind oh, of? Oh well. Um, if it doesn't hurt right away and it starts to hurt in 20 minutes, go see a doctor. Mm. Sometimes the worst injuries I've ever had, it didn't actually hurt. And so you get this little denial thing going. So if you start, if the pain starts coming in really hard in 20 minutes, you, you've done something serious. Or if it just doesn't feel right, or if it doesn't look right, you need to, you need to get looked at. I've done a lot of first aid in my, in some of the professions I've been, because I've been, a, I've been a, an emergency responder, right? a firefighter. Mm -hmm. So um, I've seen a lot of injuries and I've seen some bad injuries. So um, if, if it's, if it's under the skin and it just doesn't feel right, or if you can't move it and it, it, it like it, or if you feel like you're going to throw up, you know, you hurt yourself bad. Mm -hmm. Your body's telling you, Hey, I'm in shock. You need to, you need to go get looked at. Uh, the big thing is not to downplay it to yourself. Now that's easy for me saying it. Now I got to try and practice what I preach, right? But I'm not got to be the worst guy. Um, but yeah, if it if uh, if it's not looking right, if it's not feeling right, if you feel like you're gonna throw up or pass out, you need to see a doctor. You've hurt yourself bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, definitely, um, the doctor is gonna give you the same the same uh, advice as they do when they in your first aid books rest immobilize cold and elevation so he's telling you the truth um, people who sprain their ankles over and over and over again the same ankle what it is is they didn't listen to that advice the first time now they have a weakened joint because the ligaments never healed correctly or the so, tendons so it's susceptible to or it's weaker it's weaker um, the only advice i have for stuff like that is that if if you're joints are weakened up like that go go talk to a specialist and see what he says a lot of time he's going to say you need to do some type of training and build up the muscle and shorten the muscle up and 
do this and do that, but talk to the specialist, let them, let them guide you through this. Cause mm-hmm. um, sometimes the injuries you get as a young person will plague you for the rest of your life. If you don't take care of them initially, mm-hmm. we have a, one of our young students like that, he ripped all his knee apart, um, twisted his knee in paintball and mm-hmm. just, Oh, just ripped his knee right apart. And he came to classes a couple of times. He says, watch my knee. Okay. Watch with my knee. Cause, and uh, he's doing the right thing. He's taking, he's taking his time, but his doctor told him flat out. Oh, you're probably, he's 18 years old. He says, you're probably going to have arthritis in that knee by the time you're like 25 to 30 years old. I'm thinking that's a sentence for someone that young, you know, to have that kind of injury. Right. No kidding. Yeah. And the knees are, uh, it was super important as well. Right. Part of, Knees and shoulder. Well, I mean, your whole body is important. So mm. shoulders, yeah. right? Like, yeah, take uh, take it easy with your shoulder and hopefully uh, you heal uh, 100% for you. I mean, yeah. Well, you're, uh, you're, you're not in your 40s yet, are you? Just, man, just over just, uh, over the COVID uh, break or pandemic, you, whatever you we're calling it. Into the, okay. Yeah, you're at that point now. So now when you get injured, you don't recover as fast as you used to. Um, when you get damaged, it seems like the damage just seems worse sometimes. Um, as you get older, it just doesn't get any better. And then, mm-hmm. then you got to wait till you get old and your bones get brittle and stuff like that. <laughs> Am I scaring you? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a long here. So again, Stiv, don't get hurt. No, but if you do, I mean, take the precautions, right? Heal up and then, and then, you know, train. Uh, you just listen to, what your, listen to what your doctor tells you, right? And and uh, try to try to get away with or get away from your your own sense of impatience. It's just try to try to be patient, and that's the big thing. And yeah. it's hard. It's hard yeah. to be patient, you know. No, so, oh, for sure, for sure. I'm chomping at the bit to get back. Um, we've been off what almost three months now. Yeah. And, um, I I was doing some home training. I think I've, I've said this a few times, but. Uh, yeah tweak something as well and was frustrated with myself that i did that not nearly as bad as you so um but it's feeling pretty yeah. good now and i'll be ready yeah. to start with your of- injury now it's probably good if you do some warm-ups and really get the stretching in yeah so that you don't re-injure but, uh, I, really, I really enjoyed uh i really enjoyed some of the, the videos that you guys had started doing and then uh, your your wing chun dummy video i really really liked it oh cool uh, yeah i like to see it broken up into sections that way i can practice at home too because I, I i watch them over and over again too right yeah watch, yeah like i've got i've got i bought some of the dvds and stuff like that from sifu so um the butterfly swords i've almost got that form down oh wow before the surgery i did now now it's a one-arm form of course but but i i you can keep keep going back to it right Mm-hmm. So to have these things uh, as a reference point. So if you get kind of sloppy, oh, just oh, no, that's okay. That's that's how it's got to be done, right? And for that, do you have a do you have an air? You do air dummy, or do you have a, a wooden dummy? I have an air dummy. Nice. Yeah. Those are good. Well, when, I, when, I, when I do when I do it on a real dummy, um, I sometimes I got to close my eyes. Ah, you I've noticed that sometimes I, if I if I don't close my eyes, sometimes I mess up. As soon as I close my eyes, I, I, I hit the arms and I got the feel, but now I'm actually feeling it. But uh, So the virtual reality thing for me actually works quite well for me because it makes that mental connection, I guess. I think that's what it's doing. It's yeah, making like, the connection. 
totally it's a simulation sort of in your in your mind and then kind of a virtual sim in in your in your head i i don't know we could talk lance would probably know all about that i'm definitely no expert on that things but well i know i've worked with some of you guys before and um some of the moves that you guys do um it takes me a while to learn them mm. and i have to watch really closely when they're being demonstrated and when i go to when i try to perform them i, I stop at a certain point and i don't remember the next part part of it because i and i didn't realize it's because the connection's not there Right. So I have to do it slow. I have to do it really slow and make the connection one stage at a time to get from point A to point B. Mm. Sometimes it's frustrating because I'm working with guys who know this move and I'm going, I'm, sl I'm slowing you guys down. I just know it. <laughs> no, that's the thing. I mean, we like there's different stages, right? Like, I mean, that's that's the thing. It's just like, yeah, you you I think uh, I think we're kind of talking about this um, with um, Sifu Lewis last week about how the Gary Lamb system breaks it down into these um, levels. I mean, we have belt systems, but yeah, you have to go through these growing pains of, oh, this is so frustrating. I got to do it over and over. And and then once you finally get it, it's just like, oh, the light bulb is turned on. And, and then, I mean, maybe it'll be a struggle a little bit less and, or until you finally have it down. Yeah. But I'm yeah. looking at this. I'm looking at this in the long run, anyway. So I'm not right now. I'm at a blue belt level, and um, I just wanted to make sure I got past the green. Mm. I wanted the blue, and yeah. now if if it does, if it takes me five, ten years to get my black, I'm fine with that. Because awesome. I got to know I have, I have to be able to do this right. If I have if I'm not doing it right, I don't deserve to get that that recognized level. That's how I look mm. at it. So if That's it takes me five years or ten years, I'm fine with that. I just didn't want to be an orange and green anymore. <laughs> I wanted that blue belt because now it's like, all right, well, you don't have to wear short pants anymore. You know, you, you got you got the blue belt, right? It's, you can you get the, the huggies pull-ups, man. So. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, you're moving on up. <laughs> moving on up. Awesome. Moving on up. Now you're going to learn some stuff. Now we really learn the stuff. So that's mm -hmm. – that, that, I'm, I'm good with that. Because <laughs> yeah, you're doing – yeah, I mean, chum Q, right? Chum Q is – or the full chum Q. Yeah, I'm doing the full chum cue, and uh, I, I have a video. Like, I got videos at home, so I get to pause, rewind, pause, rewind, and I can see where I'm. So I get to do that, and I um, I know learning this off of a video is not a, is not like really like in the classroom. I understand that, too. Um, but at least when I go to class, I'll be able to keep up with other people, and I can see what they're doing. And then if, then if, if let's say I'm doing chum Q and I'm not doing it right, and one of the black belts is walking around, they think, "Oh, okay, you got to do it this way," then he can tweak it. Yeah. At least the connection's made. I just got to get the tweak it. That's yeah, the small fine tuning. Fine tuning, yeah. And 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 our black belts, you guys are great, man. You guys are awesome for stuff like that. You guys are very helpful, right? And it's great. Um, you guys are a great network of information for the rest of us. Um. And I, I, we have a we have a pretty good group, I think. I think there are a lot of really, really good people in there. And we have some really well-talented people, um, which is great. Like, I, I love when Robert comes in from time to time. <laughs> you know, uh, he's, he's um, I, I would love to see him interviewed because he's probably got some pretty interesting perspectives as well. But um, but it's nice when he comes in, uh, even when he, he does a class for seafood. Because sometimes, I think one time we brought the, the bags in, right? We're, we're actually doing some striking and working on the on the punching, and I was really good. 
So and then and then Lance takes over. It's again, it's different. He, there's an, there's another level he brings to it as well, right? Which is mm -hmm. always good. very mm -hmm. knowledgeable guy, right? Mm -hmm. very totally. totally. So, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Well, Ken, I appreciate you. Do you have anything? Uh, Want to drop any more golden nuggets for us, or uh, how? Uh, no, you're part no, of. I think I think I'm good. I um, I was um, <clears throat> I was more. I've been really, really trying not to throw any f bombs and stuff like because I got a truck driver mouth, right? So, I mean, <laughs> this was my, this was the big focus was not to not to swear on and oh, stuff like that. So, oh, I appreciate so anyway, it. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's good. I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad you're doing well, Sean. And I, oh, by the way, I do have some books for you. Oh, if you, if you still want to read that Hemingway, I got some. I, I found them. Oh, really? Mind you, now that you can get outside and stuff, you probably don't want to sit at home and read. So, but uh... <laughs> we'll talk after. <laughs> we'll talk after. <laughs> Perfect, man. Well, um, I know I know you're part of the Wing Chun Talk group, so that's how people can get in touch or ask any other questions, right? Um, otherwise, yeah. yeah, I mean, in your, and you're in there often. And it's good. I mean, we're, we're, our numbers are climbing and we're getting some, we're getting a lot of people requesting to join. And, and, uh, I, I think that's great. I'd like, I'd like to hear from some of you guys too, you know, as well, like, uh, throw some comments in, give us some videos and demonstrations, give us some tips, pointers. Mm -hmm. Uh, we all learn from this and I, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. And, mm -hmm. uh, I think, uh, I think everybody that's so far we've been talking to has been pretty good. Uh, with that and you know a really respectful bunch of guys and that's awesome it's been a, it's been a good gig yes so yeah. looking to looking to jump up to a thousand here by next I month yes let's push let's push hey eh? that's great that's a good that's, uh, that's a good target never know next time you you do this it might be on youtube might go mainstream who knows right <laughs> <laughs> might be streaming this one yeah no that, that's a good idea yeah no doubt Awesome, Cam. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time. And I, I appreciate chatting with you and kind of digging into, you know, how you found Wing Chun and just dealing with what you've had to deal with, you know, your surgery and just a couple uh, other little hiccups along the way. So I think I'm so used to this that it's not it's it's not that bad anymore. I just uh, oh, it's just another injury. It's another yeah. surgery. You just uh, keep uh, just, just keep, keep going. Just awesome. like your Wing Chun. Just keep on going. That's right. Just, just keep going. Keep going. Thank you so much for listening to Wing Chun Talk Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with someone you know who will also enjoy it. If you haven't already, make sure to follow or subscribe to catch all upcoming episodes.